Hey, friends. Looks like we're notorious for uh, our videos being silent, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll get it next week. Um, guys, in all seriousness, though, uh, Sam talked about that bridge for all you. Uh, I remember just three years ago walking into high school ministry myself and being so excited to get in those chairs and to worship with my friends and to hear from the word. Like I can say with confidence that all week at school, whatever I was doing, I could not wait to get to Wednesday night. And so when I got here about a year ago and I found out that we call Wednesday nights the best night of the week, I, I loved it. And it's so simple, but it was so true for me. And so I hope that for some of you it will be true. Maybe, maybe it already is, but if not, I pray that it would be um, for you tonight. If we haven't yet met, my name is Jacob Rasmussen. Uh, I would love to meet you. And I have the awesome privilege of getting to work here uh, with Next High School. And one of my favorite parts about this is that I just get to be here with you all and open the word and talk about Jesus together. And so tonight, we want to talk about this reality that Jesus can take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. Like we're in week two of this series called Best Night, and we're opening up to these stories in scripture that talk about why we say what we say about Wednesdays. And so tonight, it's that Jesus can take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. Now as I was thinking about this message, it kept coming to my mind that there are just certain things in life that are better in the presence of something else. Like they become more extraordinary because something else is present. If you were here at launch last week, you know that we had Raising Cane's for dinner. And man, I don't know about you, but something about that sauce, like that chicken's really subpar. Everything about it is pretty subpar, but because the sauce is there, I don't know, it's, it's like my go-to. I live right by one, so it's not good for me. But maybe on a little bit of a more sore subject, I think of Vikings and Sunday. Notice how I didn't say Mondays. Because Mondays and Vikings are a disappointment waiting to happen. But no, truly, I love getting home from church on Sundays and turning on the, the TV and watching the Kirk Cousins, who loves Jesus, by the way, so shout out to him. Um, watching him lead our team down the field, uh, it's the best. And you put those two together and it's just more than an ordinary Sunday. Now, my favorite example of something that becomes so much better in the presence of another is this. You guys can check out this video. Is there, do we have audio? <laughs> can we run it again? It's, it's like, it's like really hype, but I feel like you guys aren't getting that right now. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, we had this. It's like, din it, din it, din it, din it. It's like going crazy. Okay. We're going to move forward. That thing that you just experienced uh, was a lot more fun in person and with ears and all that stuff. But that was actually a young adults conference that I was at a couple weeks ago. Uh, and what's sweet about it is not the hypothetical music or the lights, but what's sweet about it is that it's a bunch of people who know they're broken, and they all desire to follow Jesus with their life, all in the same room. So this party becomes better or more extraordinary because of the presence 
of those people. And you're probably wondering, okay, what do all these examples have to do with what we're talking about tonight? Canes, Vikings, dance parties. It's this. It's that we believe that Jesus can turn ordinary things into something extraordinary. And the same can be true of Wednesday nights at high school ministry. Like, because Jesus is present, Wednesday nights can become extraordinary. But maybe you're not really bought into that best night idea quite yet. This is what I want you to hear. My hope is that, like, anything you get out of tonight or any night this year is that you can leave each Wednesday and say, man, I encountered Jesus. Like, I experienced God's presence. And for that reason, my ordinary Wednesday night was actually the most extraordinary day of my week. Ultimately, like, outside of Wednesdays, I I hope that that would lead you into truly living that out and finding that following Jesus is really the most extraordinary life that you could ever live. And so the scripture that we're going to be sitting in tonight is John 2. John is the fourth gospel, one of the few books in the New Testament, uh, one of the first few books in the New Testament, about 75% of the way through your Bible. So go ahead and turn there, otherwise it'll be on the screen in a moment. Some context. This story that we're about to open up is a wedding that Jesus was invited to. And at this wedding, we're going to see Jesus perform a miracle. But something that I think is important for tonight to remember, just keep this in your mind, is that weddings in Jesus' day and in Jesus' culture, like we think we take weddings seriously. Like I've been at a lot of weddings this summer. It's pretty crazy. But in Jesus' day, weddings were like a a week-long celebration. So they took it very seriously. And I think that as we open this up, we'll see that this is a great example of how Jesus takes ordinary things makes them extraordinary. So let's check that out. John 2, starting in verse 1. It says, On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Time out. Is anyone like, whoa, Jesus, that sounded like really harsh. You just, like imagine going up to your mom and you're like, woman, what, do you have, what does it have to do with me? No, like I can't imagine that. But, but don't get distracted because truthfully what that, what that reference is actually saying is it's a sign of respect. It sounds weird to us, but the way it's translated is it's actually a sign of respect. So don't get distracted by that. We're going to pick up in verse 5. It says, his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. And so they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This 
the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. So my first point tonight that we see in this text is that Jesus turns the ordinary into something extraordinary because he provides abundantly. In the beginning of this passage, Jesus is confronted by his mother, and his mother mentions that these people are without wine, that they have a need. And so Jesus says, okay, like, what does that have to do with me? And, and what I see here is that Mary was wondering whether Jesus, who she knew to be the very son of God, would intervene. She knew his ultimate purpose, that he came to fulfill the law and save his people, but right here she needed to be reminded of that. And so when Jesus says his hour had not yet come, he's talking about his ministry and the future crucifixion that was coming, but that ministry hadn't quite started yet. Still, he moves forward and he addresses the need that is presented to him, but for now it's in private. To be honest, off the bat, I think it was pretty odd that the first miracle of Jesus was him essentially coming in and just absolutely elevating this party higher than anyone would have thought. Like Jesus just comes in and turns water into wine. But what we know from the Old Testament and from tradition is that this actually goes a little bit deeper than what we might see right away. See, wine is actually a symbol of God's blessing and joy for his people. It was also a key piece in celebration. So to run out of this wine likely meant that this family was poor and, and they were just hoping that what they had would be enough. And if wine is a symbol of God's joy and blessing and it's representative of a great celebration, then to run out was not only symbolic of missing the blessing of God, but also created a social disgrace for this family. It would have ruined the party and the reputation. Like that's how seriously this culture takes weddings. But then Jesus acts by providing in an extraordinary way. He calls these servants to go and fill these six jars of water and they listen. And I think there's something really special there, uh, really cool about that, and we'll come back to it. Because Jesus certainly didn't have to ask these guys to fill jars with water to make this miracle happen. Colossians 1, it says, for by him, all things were created. Like by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Like Jesus is the creator and the ruler of the material universe. He's the one who created the world. He's the one who sustains the world. So changing water into wine is nothing for him. But students, the fact that Jesus does this shows us that he is a merciful God. A God who sees his people's needs and provides over and abundantly for them. The scripture says that the master of the feast was in utter amazement at the goodness of this wine. The math shows that Jesus made approximately 400 bottles of this wine. Like, that's a lot. And that's, that's a lot of good wine. So not only did Jesus meet a need, 
but he actually takes something that we already know and makes it exceedingly more good and provides more than they would ever need. So the ordinary wedding with the ordinary wine has now become an extraordinary celebration of God's joy and blessing. See, by providing for this wedding, Jesus ultimately takes the social disgrace and the shame that the family was facing and transforms it into the most full and abundant form of this party. And it's, it's not the prosperity gospel. Like, this isn't Jesus showing up and just giving you everything you want. This is Jesus knowing your biggest need and your heaviest burdens and delighting to meet you in that and provide for you. Friends, the truth is that the awesome provision of the Lord, the awesome provision of Jesus doesn't always look like that. Like it might not be this big, flashy, miracle, big, flashy blessing that saves the day for you in that moment. Maybe you're sitting in here and you've been following Jesus and you know that you really haven't been seeing any extraordinary things happening in your life. But there's good news. You see, I found that often the provision of the Lord is the most gracious and the most extraordinary when it's something like opening my eyes to see the ways in which I've been living for myself. Going into my senior year of high school, I was convicted hard by God about a specific sin that I was living in every single day. So convicted that I felt sick to my stomach, but in that moment, I could sense the merciful act of grace that God had on me. And and that conviction and, and that reminder of his overwhelming grace was the extraordinary moment that I needed most. Right? Like he knew that what I truly needed was to die to myself, to that sin, and to chase after him, and to trust him with it. That was God's favor in my life. And so maybe that's where you're at tonight. Like you might not be looking for this big flashy miracle or this big miraculous act of provision, but you just feel stuck. My encouragement to you is that Jesus can take ordinary things and make them extraordinary because he is a provider. And the most important thing that he has provided is an extraordinary life of following him. An extraordinary eternal salvation that is going to result in a perfect eternity where Jesus will wipe away every tear and be with you forever. And that's accessible to you. I want every ear in this place to hear that. That is accessible to you. John 10.10. It says that the enemy, the thief, came to steal. Like he wants to steal all the good things from you. He wants to steal the goodness from your life. He wants to kill and destroy you. But then Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So we serve a God who can do far more than we can ask or think or imagine. But the most incredible miracle is that Jesus came to bring us life both abundantly and eternally. My second point tonight is that Jesus turns the ordinary extraordinary because he promotes his own glory. 
not only does Jesus do this miracle to show that he's an incredible provider, but he also does this to reveal his glory. Like it's right there in the text. Verse 11, it says, the first of his signs Jesus did at, Cal- at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Friends, there was so much intention behind what Jesus is doing in this passage. Like he wanted his disciples, his people, to see his glory. His glory is quite literally the display of his perfect awesomeness. Like literally that's how I would describe it. But remember those servants who filled those pots that I mentioned earlier? I said we'd come back to it. We don't get a full explanation of who those people are. Probably just some hired help for this wedding. But what's important to note is this really cool reality of what they did. Like Jesus by no means needed them to fill jars with water. He could could create wine in any way he wanted to. But it was intentional. Jesus asked them to do something and they did it to the fullest extent. The text goes as far to say that the, the jars were full to the brim. Like they weren't half full, they weren't somewhat full or almost full. They were full to the brim. So they did it to the fullest extent. And I think that this obedience shows a really cool reality for us today. And that reality is that it's often those who are the insignificant, faithful servants who get to see the greatest miracles. The servants that took part in the blessing knew exactly who the wine was from. Scripture says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And so students, lean into the things that God has asked you to do in his word and do them faithfully. And lean into the things that you feel God is impressing upon your heart and do them faithfully. It might feel ordinary. Like your act of obedience might feel super, super, super ordinary. But we're seeing that God can do extraordinary things with ordinary faithfulness. And you will see his glory because he will reveal it. About a year and a half ago, uh, I was in a season where I was really trying to understand what God was calling me to. And, And what it looked like to be faithful to that calling. And I was deciding between a couple of different ministry opportunities and and I'm struggling with which direction to go. But it was after just like a good while of waiting and listening and seeking and struggling that there was this moment that something happened. And it wasn't some crazy water into wine breakthrough moment. But what it was, it was, it was a sense of peace. A sense of the peace of God over a decision and and there was a time of listening and there was a time of seeking but then there was a peace and that peace is is only going to come from God because he's being glorified in the faithfulness of his servants and so for you like don't miss this glory don't miss God's glory ask yourself where there may be a place in your life that you're not listening you're not seeking and you're not obeying and just waiting for something extraordinary to happen because you're setting yourself up to miss it. 
And to bring it back to tonight, Wednesday nights are all about God's glory. Like we want to see God's glory in this generation. And the second it becomes about anything else, we fall so short. But the reason that we call Wednesday nights the best night of the week is because we get to magnify God's glory together. And then when you, as an individual, are pursuing Jesus, it's really just an extraordinary pursuit of glorifying God over and over. And it's the realest and most purposeful life, the most full form of life that there is. And that's actually what we were created for, was to pursue God's glory and to worship God. So we've looked at how Jesus provides abundantly and how he promotes his own glory and how these things are what make ordinary realities extraordinary. But there's just one more point in this text that we must understand in light of the two others that we just talked about. And that is that Jesus takes the ordinary things and makes them extraordinary because he is present. This point comes from the very beginning of the passage. Maybe it's just me, but I find that it's really interesting to see that Jesus was invited to a wedding before he was Jesus. Like, this was his first miracle. He didn't get invited because he was doing all these crazy things. He didn't get invited because he was popular yet. What we see is that he was welcomed in with these family and friends who are having a good time. And he was invited into this celebration, the greatest party of all in his culture. And what I see that this story actually reveals is something about what happens when Jesus is invited in and when he's present. Because of his provision and because of his glory, the presence of Jesus can be understood as incredibly special. Even the most fun celebrations, even that crazy party you just saw that hopefully looked somewhat entertaining, but anyway, (laughs) even that, like if Jesus isn't the point, it's not extraordinary. Even the most fun things without Jesus are ordinary. I know like I gave some silly examples, cane saws, Vikings, but what I need you to hear is that every single thing in this world is better when Jesus is invited in and because he's present. With Jesus, we can do all things for the glory of God. You can eat cane sauce to the glory of God. You can watch the Vikings to the glory of God. You can do plenty of things not to the glory of God, like watching the Packers (laughs) or other stuff. Yeah, come on now. And you can, guys, you can celebrate what God's doing and be a part of Wednesday nights to the glory of God. You know, last week we did that blacklight dance party and that was a lot of fun. But what I, what I thought the whole time was like, this is to the glory of God. And so this is going to be an extraordinary night. And you can do all of that because of who Jesus is. Because he is who he says he is. He says he's a present God. And he says that his presence is good. So whatever I'm doing throughout my day, I can do it to the glory of God. 
And that's what we were created for. His presence is good and his presence is real. And next high school, we know for a fact that Jesus is present tonight. And you know how we know that? Because Jesus said he would be. In Matthew 18, 20, it says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Jesus tells us in his word that he is with us and he is present when we gather as the church. And that is important because we know who he is. We can understand why his presence is what makes Wednesday nights so uniquely special. And friends, we hope that Wednesday nights truly become the best night of the week for you because Jesus is here in our midst and he's present. And we believe that Jesus is providing abundantly, most importantly, in that he gave us what we were most needy for, life. And lastly, we hope that Wednesday nights become the best night because it is ultimately an opportunity to magnify God's glory in this generation. So Jesus can turn the ordinary extraordinary and he is present. But he's not just present here. He can be and he wants to be present with you. Like every ear lean in right now. Jesus wants to be present with you so much so that he actually wanted to be present in you. And that's good news. Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid the debt that you owed. And he was raised from the dead so that he could redeem your shame and abide in you. And those of you in this room who have believed in Jesus, rest in that good news. And those of you here who are on the fence or maybe you haven't believed, like this is what he's offering to you. A personal relationship with the God who created everything, the God who actually created each and every one of you in this room, who wants you more and loves you more than anything this world has to offer. And he proved it. He displayed that on the cross. Friends, I, I'm so grateful that God has me here, and I'm so excited to continue to get to know all of you this year. But just to let you in on the story that I'm living in, the story that I did live in in high school, like I, I, tr I put my faith in Jesus exactly 50% of the way through high school. I lived in my sin, I was lost in my sin, had no idea, but then Jesus transformed all of it. And he turned my shame and my sin into a story about his grace. And friends, I've lived that ordinary life. But what I can tell you is that the Christian life, it's not always gonna be a flashy party. It's not always gonna be last week. It's not always gonna be that conference. It's not always gonna be a flashy party. But what it is, is it's extraordinary. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for what you've done. God, I pray these students would see what you've done and understand that the only response is belief.
to glorify you. God, you provide so abundantly everything that we need, God. And we know that we have an eternity ahead of us that every tear will be wiped away and everything will be perfect because we'll be with you face to face. God, I pray for the student in this room who is on the fence, that they would see what you're offering to them, that you proved it, and that following you is the most extraordinary life that we could ever live. In Jesus' name I pray.